when you notice that you're not becoming the best version of yourself because of your mental health and how that's going to affect your relationships, yeah. that's when it's like this needs some serious attention. There are things that happen in our life that we don't even know are affecting us today. So I think going to a therapist was really good in, in tackling those things and those triggers that um, I just hadn't brought enough attention or light to. Over the past few years, my life has completely changed. I've built one of Australia's most successful e-commerce startups, Happy Skin Co., generating over 10 million per year in sales and disrupting a billion dollar industry in the process. I've now turned my passion for growth and personal development to bring you these honest and eye-opening conversations. This isn't just a business podcast. This is about the person underneath. This is about the journey. This is what it's really like. I'll be interviewing guests from all walks of life, each with their own unique perspectives and experiences, from the hardest day of their life to their biggest accomplishments and everything in between. My name is Dylan Mullen, and this is life, money, and love. All right, so today we're here, episode number four with Carl and Sterrett. Obviously, everyone knows he's known for winning The Bachelorette, but that's not what I want to talk about today because this man's so much more. There's he's gone through life as an actor, model, now content creator, getting into business, but most importantly, a human being. And I feel like throughout so much shit that's gone on over the last few years, that kind of gets forgotten. You know mm. what I mean? Like people mm. go on TV shows, whatever, and they kind of get treated as products, but- they're real people, they're human beings. Mm. And the place I wanted to start, because it's something I've always thought about as well, and it's a story that Matthew McConaughey brought up in, in his book, Green Lights. Have you, have you read that book? No, I haven't. Such no. a sick book. But he talks about the time that he, uh, he must, it was his first big break movie. And he talks about the day, the day before it released, he was walking down the street, goes to his cafe, goes into the shop, no one notices him. And then the next day the movie releases, it's some big hit. And he walks down the street and then every second person staring at him, asking him for a photo. I want to know what was that moment like for you and kind of how did you deal with that change so suddenly? Hectic. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, man. No, no, appreciate, appreciate you coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and what you said, I mean, that that's, that's mm. I really appreciate that, first of all, about being yeah. a human being. You yeah. know, a lot of people do see you as just that person that was on mm. television and they fail to see the person yeah. who's actually behind all that. Yeah. And um, obviously I understand they haven't, been through any experience like that themselves. Mm. So, you know, it is hard to relate. Yeah. Sometimes hard to separate. Okay, that is a real person. They but have the, a background. There's no experience that you could compare that to anyway. Like, no, it's like, no. you can't, like, I understand. I don't understand the how people control people so hard they've never met. But at the same time, it's like, I can't even imagine what that experience would be like. And I'm sure mm. even you, before you go on, can you be prepared for what it is? Or it's I was like, so naive. Yeah. I was really naive. You know, having been in front of a camera and stuff yeah, before, yeah. it's completely, um, yeah. you know, it's acting. You've got a script or if you're modeling, whatever, you've got a role. But, you know, at the end of the day, that whole experience is, is completely different. So different. But to answer your question mm. about um, relating to Matthew McConaughey and, you know, mm -hmm. not even a similar experience, mm -hmm. but a, a, a relatable experience, yeah. I guess. Um, it was it was really difficult. So mm -hmm. Having experienced anxiety in the past mm -hmm. through different circumstances, yeah. I think this was something that triggered it yeah, for okay. me. So, yeah, c coming into that space and being in front of people and knowing that people are watching me, like if I even just yeah. went to a pub and then, you know, you hear people say your name and you, you look over in the corner. people looking around and Some people telling just, them the maid. Just and filming you. Taking That's photos so of you weird. and stuff. So it's weird. And like, there's not a part of me that ever thinks that I was like famous or anything yeah. like that. Cause that doesn't even compare yeah, in comparison yeah. to Matthew McConaughey and all those A-list actors and stuff. But 
obviously you're relevant for the yeah. time being and people yeah. have seen you on national television. Yeah. So. But I think it's different for you guys compared to like other actors or other like just people that were famous for being influencers. Mm. And this got brought up with someone I was having a conversation with about the early days of Happy Skin Co. This was a little bit before you, you were on like your series, like the uh, like Jake Ellis and yeah, Davey, all those yeah. guys before. We worked with a lot of them um, right away as we launched our business and it worked really well for us because, and I realized why, because you guys aren't normal. But like you guys are, like you said, you're not playing a character. You're on TV like four days a week mm. um, and people feel like, they know you and they feel like they have a relationship with you. And that means that they can say and do things to you that mm. justifies it into their mind. Yeah. But yep. it's not fair, you know, on yeah, the person yeah. on the show. No, exactly. Mm. It's just not the reality. Um, yeah. And having experienced that firsthand, as I said, it, mm. it was really taxing on my mental health. And yep. so that was something I had to fully deal with. And what then, was the first time that that happened to you? And did it trigger any sort of like proper anxiety moment in public where you're like, I need to retreat from this. This isn't healthy for me or. I'd already been experiencing social anxiety yeah. after my marriage breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And that's ho a whole other story. A whole other story. But I certainly was, um, was really struggling of, of what is my purpose? Who am I yeah. now? And then yeah. I found myself so insecure in a public setting. Mm. I couldn't even eat my lunch at the really? food court at the shops because I was just so all over the place. And yeah. so I think having, um, sort of recovered from that and yeah you think that you've healed but man it's like never yeah. if we know mental health it's that things are buried deep down in the subconscious that don't even come up until something similar or a triggering mm. experience and i think that's what happened with me and i say this all the time but it's so true and you don't realize it until you have a, a, a struggle with mental health managing your full-time health as an adult is a full-time job it is. if it's going good it's still a full-time job if it's going bad 100%. it's even more because as soon as you take that for granted mm. it can just take one little trigger and you start to spiral and you start to unravel yeah but one thing that struck me about you compared to i mean i don't know everyone who goes on these shows but you seem a lot different to most of the people that go on these shows, in my opinion. Interesting. Um, yeah, and because like, okay, for example, you, ca you came out of the show and the attention was a bit much and you were like, well, what's going, going on with this? Whereas a mm. lot of people kind of soak that up and try and maximize it and leverage it as much as they can and do yep. as much media things as they can and host events just to get that out there. So yeah. what I want to know is like, what, what was going through your head when you, got up, got asked to go on the show and applied because you, like you said, you were very naive going into it. Was mm. it, yeah, what was going through your head? First of all, I'd say something that really sums me up as mm -hmm. a person is that I want as much life experience as possible. Yeah. And so for me, I like crave the idea of a new adventure and I've just come out of a relationship. Yeah. So I've just gone like thrown all caution to the wind, uh, yeah. uh, marriage, sorry. Yeah. You know, and that was like, sometimes a one-time life yeah. experience for a lot of people, maybe yeah. not necessarily as yeah. much lately because mm. of divorce rates, but um, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next adventure. Yeah. Let's do this. And I, again, I said, I was very naive. Mm. Um, I think uh, one experience that kind of puts things into perspective was as soon as we finished the show and obviously, um, you know, me and Angie at the time yeah. were um, not able to see each other mm. and stuff for a while. And you just have to kind of go through life yeah. As per normal. Um, actually, no, it, it would have been, it would have been afterwards when yeah. it had all come out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. would have, uh, it had all come out and people knew that we're on the show and I wanted to catch up with the mate, Alex, one of the dudes on yeah. the show. And um, so we went to, I think it was Brangaroo house. And um, what's that bar up the top? 
uh, is it like smoke bar? Smoke bar, yeah. yeah, yeah. We wanted to catch up there, and the hostess just asked us like, "Where do you want to sit?" And I'm like, "Can we sit like around, around. the corner where like no one can see us?" Yeah. And he he was like, "No, like I want to sit out there like with everyone because we had a completely different experience." Yeah. And being obviously um, in a relationship or not, for me it was a social yeah. anxiety thing, yeah. you know. So. I think that experience kind of sums up where my mental space was. And how does anxiety like present itself with you? Because I know it can be different with everyone else. What is it? Is it a physical sensation? Is it more like a psychological thing? I know it can be both for a lot of people. It's a really good question. Uh, to be honest, I've been doing really well lately. Yeah. So I haven't had much of it to, to think about. Yeah. Um, I'd say that it, it comes up a lot regarding relationships and pain. Mm. So there's certain triggers yeah. that are attached to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think that was a big one. But, um, you know, also being in a really healthy relationship yeah. now, I yeah. have not experienced yeah. any anxiety of any form. Yeah. Maybe snippets of it at the very beginning. Yeah. Bro, I've been the happiest. Because it was so new, right? And yeah. Like, yeah. But I've been the happiest that I've ever been. And, you know, I've got a partner who's so incredibly supportive and, and kind of nurturing. And that's just opened me up emotionally yeah. to just, you know, be me. Yeah, you look genuinely, obviously, this is the first time we've ever met, but from the outside, like, you look so genuinely happy with Emily. Thank you, man. And, like, the life you've built down in the beautiful place, like, God's country, the Shire. <laughs> but, like, what what role, I know you, Emily wasn't around then, but what role did your friends and family and support network play through these struggles, whether it be the public times or that prior divorce with your ex-wife before any of all this other stuff happened? It was pretty amazing. Um in terms of family and friends trying to get beside me and offer me support, the only thing that they could do was be someone that I could talk to mm -hmm. if I wanted to. It was almost like there was nothing that they could actually do or say to make me better because I think at the end of the day, that's something that you have to deal with on your own. But knowing yeah. you have a support network, having someone you can talk to, like my bro would just send me a text, yeah. I love you, man, I'm here for you. Yeah. And that just switches something in your mind. Yeah. It's like, I have a support network. There are people who care about me. Yeah. I'm not alone. But it almost like that wasn't even anything too, um, you know, too out there. Incredibly, yeah. It was just a simple text. It's not, it doesn't need to be big no. like, gestures, right? It can just be the small letting people know you're there for them. Exactly. Right? And that's why the whole like, are you okay yeah. movement has just been really good because simply asking are you okay or saying i'm here for you yeah. is quite powerful and it's something we take for granted and and that's when you're in those moments as well that's when you find out who your real friends are absolutely the people who care about you not because of you have however many thousand followers on instagram or because yep. you're on tv or because you know you're this model actor it's like yep. no they care about you as a human being yep and you just mentioned like the whole are you okay movement it's i think it's such a great thing not not just with men, but particularly with men, there's such a stigma. Well, there has been, and I think it's starting to change, mm. about speaking about your mental health. And like, I feel like 10, 15 years ago, it would be so rare for a guy to come out and say, hey, I'm actually struggling with anxiety or depression. Absolutely, yeah. But like, I know me and all my friends, there's been times, that, I don't know, maybe not even one of us who didn't have a period over the last 10 years where they felt down and in mm. the dumps. And, and probably... The last time I, I really had a, a down period, there was probably a few months, it would have been many years ago now because once I realized that managing your mental health was a full-time job, I'd be mm. able to create these practices um, that helped me avoid going into those and I can catch yep. myself when I feel like, hey, I'm starting to drift into a little bit of a rut here. Mm. Um, but I didn't, back then I would have been 21, 22 and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone about it yeah. until after. Yep. 
not, it never got that bad that I felt like I needed to reach out for help. But I remember thinking at that time, you don't, you just deal with it yourself. Mm. But it's so good that that's starting to shift. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, and you've spoken about it publicly, and I think it's such a great thing that you did, is that after coming off uh, the show, you actually started working with the therapist. What mm. was, how did that come about? What, what led you to make the decision to do that? And what sort of role did they play in helping you balance all this craziness going on in your life? I think when you notice that you're not becoming the best version of yourself because of your mental health and how that's going to affect your relationships, yeah. that's when it's like this needs some serious attention. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that everyone needs a yeah. therapist because there's, there, there are things that happen in our life that we don't even know are affecting us today. So I think going to a therapist was really good in, in tackling those things and those triggers that um, I just hadn't brought enough attention or light to. So um, it was mainly things, like I said, surrounding relationships yeah. and, and things that, you know, brought up insecurities in me of not being enough. Yeah. You know, it was really surrounding that. Um, so it was how I viewed myself. And then from that point, how mm. I can treat my partner. Mm. And it's a, yeah, it's an interesting catch 22. How do you navigate? Because you've come a long way and you've, I wouldn't say like you, I doubt you would say you're a relationship expert, but I feel like you're quite well qualified to speak about this sort of thing. How do you personally, and what, if there's any advice you'd give to people struggling with it, how do you navigate insecurity and trust issues within a relationship? First and foremost, it comes down to how you see yourself. Okay. And also having empathy, I think is a powerful um, tool is understanding why people do the things that they do. Maybe there's, and 10, like nine to 10 times out of 10, there's, there's a reason why people act out and do things yeah. that they do. There's so many layers and understanding that it's almost like emotional maturity. Yeah. The more emotional maturity you have about yourself and understanding yourself, then it actually helps you understand why other people do the things that they do. Yeah. Um, so to try and answer your question, my brain gets like all over. Yeah, no. Out. So like with that, I like that. It's it's all, so it's it comes from within. And is there any tools or tricks that you had to use that helped you overcome these things internally to say, no, I, Carl, and I am enough? Was there mm. anything like anything that the therapist spoke to you about that made you realize that this is an issue with him? Because I know I, I'm the same and, and it might not be a, a, a trust issue in a relationship, but I might have certain things that, certain times I'll act out in life and then someone else who's around me might think, oh, it's because of them. But really I know, and that's at the stages of self-awareness that I'm at, and I'm trying my best to become mm. uh, a better person. And I know I'm still so imperfect, right? Yeah. We all are. Yeah. But it's like the process of identifying why you're doing that is kind of the first step before you can stop. Because sometimes telling someone, hey, change this thing about you or don't get insecure or yep. change your relationship with food or be more patient. But sometimes there's underlying reasons about why people act in a certain way yeah. and figuring out what they are mm. is so important. And for me as well, I've, I've said it to, to many people. I, I'm so keen to talk to a therapist, not because necessarily there's a particular issue right now in my life that I want to work on. Mm. Um, but I want to understand myself better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and fascinates that's, that's me. That's powerful. Like that's a powerful question to ask. Yeah. Is like, how can I understand myself better? Yeah. And it's funny because the things that you, okay, let's just say I've established that it's relationships that yeah. I find these triggers about my insecurities mm -hmm. and, and being enough and mm -hmm. my self-worth. If you're single and you're like, I'm happiest when I'm single. Yeah. But then you realize it's because I'm actually not in an environment where these things are going to come up. 
Yep. So some people think, oh, you need to go find yourself. You know, you need to be single and work on yourself. And then all of a sudden they're in a relationship where these triggers happen only yeah. in a relationship. And you're like, shit, I haven't gotten anywhere in my life. Yep. So I found it really interesting. There was things that I knew that I needed to work on because of relationships and they were only going to come up through relationships. Yeah. I was thinking when I'm single, I'm so happy. I don't have to think about anyone else. I just do my thing. Mm. There's no one in my world that's, you know, bringing up these things inside of me, these insecurities. So I found that, you know, it's also funny when you go back to acting, I remember yeah. I was doing a course with Tom McSweeney, yeah. um, the American guy up, up on the Gold Coast. And, and he said, how can you portray an emotion that you've never experienced yourself? Like, and that's the whole thing about being an actor, yeah. right? Is like having life experience. That to be can, able to relate. That you can turn back to when it comes to trying to portray an emotion. So it's like, if you've never been in love, go get in love, go find love, like go date someone, you know, yeah. be in a relationship. So it's like, you need to experience these things to know like why yeah. you're acting out the way that you are. It's so, it's so true. And I can relate to you in a, in a certain way with respect to you saying like, a lot of the time I was happiest single because mm. there's so many other, there's so, like there's so many other less things you have to be mindful of. Like it's just you and your mental health. Mm. And like for me, why I was so, I was single for probably like six, seven years before my current uh, relationship. Yeah. And it wasn't out of an, a particular thing, but I knew I was happiest when I was single. And I think it, for me, it, it, it was more anchored in like, I love having full control and autonomy of my life. 100%, and yeah. that was the, I get that. That was the growing lesson that I had to learn. Mm. And, and to her credit, like Mel, you, who, you know, is like an incredible yeah. human being. So she's yep. made it so easy for me, but being able to like, still have all these things that make me feel so good about myself and still, you know, go after my goals and all my dreams and passions. Yep. But at the same time, create that room for another person and not necessarily make that a conflict. Yeah. 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 And being with someone who like naturally holds space for you to explore those feelings yeah. and they're like having more of a nurturing um, kind of thing. Like you don't need to be with someone who's going to like baby you and nurture you. I'm talking about someone who's holding space who are like, tell me your problems. Like, yeah. Let me understand you. And I think that's why Emily's just been so God sent for me. Yeah. It's because she, she wants me to just like be the best me. Was there possible. any, did you have any feelings of nerves or concern when, okay, you're obviously not able to live under a rock for the rest of your life. You know, you're going to, everyone shares pictures with their partner on Instagram. Yeah. Did you guys have to have a conversation about going public as silly as that sounds. How, how did you navigate that? Because yeah, it was different for her at first. She was kind of like, um, she felt weird. Yeah. She's like thinking that people are going to be looking at us and she's never been in the limelight yeah. whatsoever. So that was kind of funny. And then obviously at the time I was like, oh, Carlin's in a new relationship. So there's like paparazzi like oh. on the Esplanade and, and she's just kind of freaking out. So I had yeah. to talk her through that. Yeah. Um, not like I'm a seasoned Pro in the it's, area of like that. Yeah. yeah. I had to walk it through. I remember one time we sponsored a party um, for like one of the, the Bachelor in Paradise one. Um, and I was just meeting with Jake and uh, Megan yep. to set up for the stuff. Mm. And like, obviously I'm just, we had just launched the business. I'm just some kid at this point pretty much. And like, we're walking up to set up this event and there's like paparazzi following us and taking photos. Wow. And I'm like, just thinking we're literally just setting up an event. Like, yeah. I don't understand, but that's how I feel like it was one hour of a day that I kind of realized, well, the media in, in Sydney cares so much about this and it must create such a sense of pressure. Yeah. When you just, like you said, you're not famous 
like Leonardo DiCaprio for acting and playing all these characters. You're just being you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. How do you how do you navigate that? It's a weird thing to understand. Yeah, just trying to be yourself, like in that kind of light. I don't know. I I didn't have a problem with just being myself. Yeah, it just kind of made me retract a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm very much in the spotlight. I think I just kind of went into my shell a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I was like never not myself. Yeah. You know well, I mean? with that, like, as you know, like when people go on reality TV shows, whether they're dating or not, a lot of the time, well, the edit's not in your control at all and they no. can portray certain people as X character. Did you feel that like that happened to you or were you pretty? I, I knew that there was a narrative that they were trying to, you know, yeah. push. And at the end of the day, it's because I was the guy that was chosen at the end. I, yeah. I suppose they want to protect that romance yeah. and that love stories, but they have to give the audience, like maybe it's the mm. other guy. And to be honest, it almost was yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Um, but I think whatever you say on national television, it can be used. So yeah. a lot of people who are blaming an edit are like, well, yeah. it came out of your mouth, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's on you. Yeah. So just going back to when you were like with having those discussions with Emily, when, when you first started dating, was it yeah. something that took her a little while to overcome or how did you, yeah. A little bit, Yeah, but it was just because she like loved me so much that she's mm. like, I don't care. Like I want to go through this journey yeah. with you regardless. Yeah. Um, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. We fell pretty quick for mm. each other. Yeah. Um, and, and I wasn't expecting to, that's a thing. Yeah. It's like uh, after that relationship from Bachelorette broke down, I was more than happy to be single. Yeah. And, but the funny thing is it's when you're not expecting it, that's when someone comes yeah. along and I couldn't deny it. Like yeah. I've just, I've met this incredibly beautiful, intelligent, mm. emotionally mature person. And she was only 25 when I met her. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm 33 now. Mm. She's 26 now. So it's, yeah. I know what you mean, man. Like it's, but it's probably why you met her. I don't know, but I don't know what you were going through personally, but I know myself and my friends, whenever you're looking for the next relationship or you want to be with that person, mm. even if you, if you get, if you start dating someone, a lot of the times it never works out because it's so forced and you're, and you're actively looking for something, but yeah. when you can just let go yep. and let life happen, I always thought, because I've always been such a driven person. Like I said, I was single before my current relationship for like six, seven years, man. And happily, not, not in the fact that I was whatever, I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't saying I want to be single forever. I was just going about my life. But there were moments I would have these thoughts. It's like, I know how much I want to achieve. Yep. My number one in my life right now is my is well, figuring out exactly what my purpose is. Yep. I know I'm on that path and I know I have a lot of goals I want to achieve. Is that ever going, am I ever going to meet a girl that's going to make me not, well, back then I used to think, am I going to make a, meet a girl who's going to make me want to sacrifice that? Mm. And then when I met the right girl, you realize, well, first of all, you're not sacrificing that at all. No. They're making the journey so much more beautiful and enriching and yep. are actually there to support you if they're yeah, the right yeah. one. But until it happens and like when you meet the right person, then you know. It's like you can't, it's such a cliche. When you meet the one, you'll know. I used to think, oh yeah, sure, that's just bull crap. But yep. when you when you meet the one, you you really do know and it's a different feeling. It is a different feeling. And you know, like, as I said, I've been married before. But the funny thing is I didn't actually have the feeling then that I do now. Yeah. That was just a different feeling than what I'd had before. But this feeling is like this person is the most incredible person I've mm. ever met and I couldn't imagine a better partner for me. When you got married that first time though, what's going through your head? Obviously you don't ma ever marry a person thinking that you're going to separate in the future. It what was an interesting scenario where we had been dating for a while and like we, I'd say we were good friends and yeah. everything. And I was living with her and her family. I was so immersed in her world. I just felt like this has to be it. Yeah. 
Um, there were still some reservations there, to be honest. Yeah. But it was, it was almost like, well, this is, I guess, better than what I've had before. And so I guess people don't know the big questions to ask. Yeah, sometimes we're prisoners to our own uh, success or perceived success. Like, mm. okay, I've got this really successful business. I need to commit all my life to that, even if it's not the right thing. Or I've got this really good, solid relationship that most, like it's like you said, better than past relationships yeah. or from the outside looking in is a very respectable relationship. I should just follow that down. But like you said, even inside of you, well, I don't know whether it was conscious or unconscious, that gut feeling your soul, there are these reservations. Yeah. And it's like. It's, oh, it's mm. crazy, man. The amount that I've learned through relationships is is pretty incredible. Um, the, the amount that I'd say that I've matured and grown in relationships, like yeah. we don't even fight. Yeah. And that is amazing. Yeah. Like for me, because I'm not I'm not a fiery person, but I think there's certain triggers and stuff in a relationship that can bring out the worst in me. Yeah. But that doesn't happen with Emily. Yeah. So it's almost like you find a person where you're not you are the best version of yourself. And it sounds so cliche, but it's like I truly am the yeah. best version of myself in every day. Um yeah. And and that's the thing. Like I've had relationships in the past and like at the start, like you're so infatuated with them, like it's it's the best thing ever. But then a few months go by and you're like, okay, okay, that initial infatuation where nothing else matters, like yeah. it's just you you two are the only people in the world. And then you start to get into real life and then you realised how important compatibility is. And when I say compatibility, I don't mean, oh, they have to have blue eyes, blonde hair. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's it's like an energetic thing. Just two people come together and somehow it just works. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, a lot of people have expectations when it comes to compatibility. And I, I, I figure that you're going to grow with that person over time. They're going to change as well and become mm -hmm. different people. So it's like, if you are first and foremost, like best friends, that's a really good place to start. Yeah. Because as that person grows, you're going to grow with them. You're yeah. going to love them through their changes and their growth. And I think people who don't know how to change with the other person or yeah. they have expectations are our you know, the biggest thief yeah. of joy, I reckon. Yeah. It's like in any situation, not even just relationships, yeah, expectations when going to work or, you know, in career and life, but in relationships specifically, your expectations of like, you know, maybe even about this partner bringing me happiness. Yeah, I actually think that the most happiness we find is when we give of ourselves to another person and we see them truly happy because of that. Yeah. It's a completely different paradigm. It's like- It's so different. So it's so there's one question I wanted to ask before you were talking about, and it's, you've lived such a life and, and I, I can relate to you in that way. I, my whole point of my life right now, I'm still working out exactly what my purpose is. Mm. I've, I've got a good feeling and I'm, I'm definitely traveling in the right direction. Yeah. But one of the goals and one of the key values that means the most to me is I want to live my life and do as many cool things as I can mm. and have as many cool experiences that not many people get to have being on a show like, like you were on is one of them. You can never recreate that in life in any other situation. Right. And there's going to be good parts to it and bad parts to it. Yeah. There's one thing that must've been hell. And I'd like, I don't want to go on about previous relationships. It's not why we're here. I want to know about you, the person, but you mentioned that three month period where it's like, you're meant to be with this person. You just, mm. you're on a high from, okay, you won the show, you got the girl, but now you can't even, you can't even see them. How, what's, What's going through your head then? Do you question, is it all worth it? Or what? what's that like? I think the craziest part is with these shows is that, okay, let's just say you've been on five dates. Yeah. Like how often in real life situation do you start 
dating someone like in a relationship <laughs> yeah. after just five yeah. dates I, I think five dates is is a pretty good place to start but it's also on a television show where you know that you've got cameras in your face you're trying to be authentic as possible but i'm going to tell you like you're still in your head yeah you know that's I, 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 that's another interesting thing what's going through your head how do you be yourself and i sure maybe towards the end of it a couple weeks in or a month whatever you start to like it becomes more normal but at the start how do you can you block out that there's 10 cameras filming you and there's people following you around? You can't ever block that out. No, yeah. I, I think just getting used to it enough towards the end, yeah. then you can really just like let your walls down. But to be honest, I give you alcohol for that as well anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so back to what I was saying, it's like you, you've been on like five, uh, five dates and then you're expected to be in this relationship and then you can't even see each other anyway afterwards, you know, and they do organize like, like secret dates rendezvous and, stuff. and stuff like that. But even then it's like, okay, shove you in this space together in each other's pockets for a weekend yeah. and see how you go. So th there's a lot of pressure to begin with. Yeah. And then when the show starts and you're watching it and you know, you're seeing everything that's happening on the show, it's just a lot for your mental health. I, I as I said, I was naive. Yeah. Um, and I gave it my best crack and, yeah. you know, we dated for 10 months after the show. So that's enough time to say, Hey, we actually gave it. You a tried. Crack. Yeah. hundred percent. But bro. And one of the things people say, and, and maybe people forget, like, obviously these shows, if you're the producer, the first and foremost, they're made for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And if these two people end up together, great. But it's like you said, there's so much going against you. Like there could be so many couples from these shows that if they met in real life, maybe they would have. But like you said, first of all, you have had five dates and mm. then you're selected as the winner. Yep. And throughout that time, they've been going on dates with other people. And then, okay, you get to the end. It's only you two. And now you can't see each other for three months apart yep. from these little pockets of time. Yep. It's just not, I don't know how, like the, whoever, I don't know. There's still people that have <laughs> stayed together. I don't know how that works. Yep. But that, like you talk about this experience brought up insecurities in you. How would it not bring up? I, I, I don't see myself necessarily as insecurity being a problem for me, but if I was on a show and I fell in love with this person and then even if I won and then I've got to watch them going on dates and having these mm. connections with people, kissing other guys, like I don't know what that would do to me. Is that like what's going through your head then? You're just like, nah, this is. Yeah, it was pretty rough. It was definitely pretty rough, but I knew that was a part of the experience and I wouldn't say that saying that I'm insecure is packaged by truly um, just a relationship scenario. Yeah. It's more insecure about wanting to live up to the everyone's expectations of me, yeah. like wanting to be enough, you know, having been bullied and stuff through uh, primary school and a little bit through high school. I was always struggling with self-identity. Because you grew up in, in like fun, like Townsville, Townsville was yeah, it? Yeah. What was that like? I imagine very different. To, oh, to we didn't have electricity. No, I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, it's it's just a city. It's still yeah. by the water. But um, living up there in terms of opportunities and stuff, I feel like it's very cookie cutter. Like, Did you, you feel like you fit in up there? No, nah, not really. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like every every guy was a, a, footy boy a footy boy or a tradie. Yeah. And I'm like this creative guy yeah. who like loves music, loves sports. I wanted to play, play professional soccer. Yeah. You know, and there wasn't opportunities. So yeah. I just felt like I was I was living um, a life that I didn't want to. So yeah. that's why I had to escape. So that's what, that's what can create these things, like these insecurities and like yeah. feeling like you're not enough. But you might not be that you're not enough, just maybe and you don't belong here because you actually don't. Maybe Kylan is meant to be in yeah. Sydney or wherever in the world, you know what I mean? It's incredible, man, to look back at then till yeah. now and to think, wow, I live in Sydney. 
I'm a photographer. I'm pursuing that, my own business. I've got my jewelry brand coming along. Yep. It's like I couldn't imagine myself being here right now yep. from when I started in Townsville. I remember when I finished school, graduated high school, and then one of my closest mates, he's just like, well, I'm going to be a brickie. Yeah. Like, sweet. And he had a car and everything, you know, by the age of 17. And I was like, I don't even know what I want to do. So that yeah. was almost a thing that was internally I was battling with. I'm like, oh, I think you're meant to know what you want to do. Yeah. I think he's still a bricky, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like built his dream home, yeah. like in Harvey Bay or something like that. But yeah, I was really struggling with identity and what I was supposed to do. I think also the pressure and the expectation as yeah. we come back to it's expectations of who you think you should be socially, the whole social construct of, you know, you should have all your shit together. And and I was the same, but it's how do you expect these 16, 17 year old kids when you're like, okay, you got to, you're in year 10 and now you got to pick your subjects for like year 11 and 12. Mm. And those subjects so often kind of, well, I've done these subjects. I kind of need to pick a uni degree or a life path that follows this. Yep. And I was the same, man. Like I, all the way through school and talk about living up to expectations and, and disappointing people in a certain way. I was always quite good in school. I was always like top one or two in my classes cool. and I enjoyed school. I enjoyed the school experience, but I thought from my view of naive view of the world from society that I wanted to be a lawyer wow. and I wanted to work in the city and I wanted yeah. to wear a suit every day and be this, you know, like that, you know, it's Harvey, such a romanticized idea. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so like I got early entry into uni or my, like my teachers helped me with the application. I had to go do an interview there and do a test for, for one, the test there to get early entry into law. I didn't understand what half the words meant. Wow. Somehow I got in, but no way. Beside the besides the point. <laughs> That's actually incredible. Can we just pause there for a second? <laughs> so like, you passed. I passed, but like I feel like they make the test so hard and like no yeah. one's gonna nail it. They just wanna see how far how you, you can get. Because like this sort of the language they were using, you don't use that language no, in no, school. No, it's no. like, how could I be prepared for this? Like I did yeah. advanced English, but this was like three levels above. If only suits came out a few years yeah, earlier. I know, I know. Like, <laughs> I know what they're talking about. Well, then I watched Entourage and became an actor. All so. the lingo, bro. I, I loved Entourage. How good, huh? That was so good. Um, but to being the lawyer thing and, and kind of disappointing expectations, I was the one of everyone from my school mm. that all my teachers, all my friends and family thought 100% he'll get a uni degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at uni for two months. That's Still so interesting that you say that because mm. for me, uh, well, just before you finish year 12 up in Queensland, it's called a QCS, yep. which is equivalent like to HSC here. here. Yeah. And, um, and I specifically knew that I didn't want to go to uni. I knew that much. You knew that already. I hated being in that kind of learning environment, yep. thinking that I had to do this cookie cutter way to get to where I think I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I'm like, I'm not even going to go today. I had a day off yeah. while everyone did their QCS. So I didn't even have anything tangible that I would be able to go to uni with. Yeah. And I, I literally just like did whatever for like a year. Where did you go after high school? Like what was your path? I chilled for a little while in Townsville and literally did not much at all. Yeah. And then I was like, I just need to get out. So I moved to Cairns. Yeah, and that How was far is Cairns from town, like four hours north. Okay, like, yeah, I've just gone further <laughs> north. north. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that like, and I was dating a girl there, yeah. so a little bit of life experience, yeah. and I ended up coming back to Townsville. Townsville was kind of always like the half. Is that home point. for you? Yeah, or? yeah that's yeah. Home. But your family's like still a family. My up there? parents are there. Yeah, my brother lives right down, down here, here with his wife and kids. Um, but then I went to the Sunshine Coast and yeah. that's when I got a taste more of the coast and that yeah. kind of lifestyle. And then I just gradually wanted more. So Gold Coast was the next yeah. logical. Working your way down yeah. the Western Seaboard. And then now I'm in Sydney and 
loving life here. I'd call Sydney home. At what point on that journey did acting become the dream? I think it was on the sunny coast. I got into modeling. Yep. Um, and I thought this is a cool way to make money, stand in front of camera, mm. pose. And um, the modeling agency at the time had more of like an acting sector as well. And they said, hey, do you want to just give it a shot? Yeah. And I did. And I got a couple of like small yeah. commercials and a bit of extra work. And then it kind of went from there. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just got more like exposure through commercials and extra work and working on like Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. on the Gold Coast, which was awesome. That would have been a fun experience. Yeah, I was just like one of the red coat soldiers. Oh, that's this cool. Massive hydraulic ship with yeah. like this green screen that was like five shipping containers high surrounding the whole thing. It was like an incredible experience. When you're there in that moment and you're on this set, are you convinced that you want to be an actor for 100%. the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though there was like balls hot and I was sweating, <laughs> like red coats, they wear yeah. like those layers. Um, and they took it through musket training and everything, wow. like learning how to operate them and to use the um, the cannons. Yeah. It was so crazy. I think I got killed in that scene. But anyway. That's cool. Um, yeah, so like heaps of that yeah. experience, um, being on set, big film sets, meeting famous actors. I was like, oh, mm. this is awesome. Like, And so I got my first feature film, a lead in a feature film in 2016. Yeah. Um, paid for it. I got paid how for good. it. Everything. It was like – a big eye-opening experience. Yeah. I'm like, on set, I feel the happiest because I'm using my creative juices and I'm using my craft. Um, I just think it got to a point where I didn't like the pressure mm. of acting Yeah, because being quite an anxious person, having to always go into these auditions. Auditioning. Yeah, and yeah. And it, it did become a lot. And I think at that time, I probably wasn't emotionally mature enough to, to, handle it. to really handle it. So I think I might be okay now, but I've, I've chosen a different passion, yeah. like gone with my photography, videography, yeah. creating content for brands and all that stuff. So with that, I want to ask you about that content creation and what, what you're doing now. But with that, because I find it interesting, I used to act as well for like five, six years, yeah. no longer act. And people sometimes are hesitant to, to, to shift directions because they feel like they're giving up or failing. Mm. But redirection isn't always a bad thing. It's like, okay, you got to try something. I yep. had to try law before I knew it wasn't for me. I had to try acting yep. before I knew that isn't going to be my whole life. Mm. I may dabble in it later, but what was your thought process like? Did you feel guilty when you yeah. gave up the dream? Because yep. I had I a little bit of that as well. It almost felt like shame. Mm. It was like, oh, wow. And this is kind of – just before Bachelorette and then it was a whole thing of like he wanted to be an he wants to be an actor and I was like I actually don't really anymore <laughs> but um you did they had, use that against you I think so yeah. yeah I don't think anyone will if you're even dabbling in acting or yeah modeling. it's or every Instagram. time someone's on it like oh look at their star now I'm like yeah did you know how many people do modeling and stuff like it's so not, many people do it and yeah. now everyone is one anyway like through Instagram yeah, and TikTok, yeah, yeah. everyone's trying to get viral um, but yeah, it, there was a lot of shame and mm -hmm. trying to deal with that because for the longest time I was never trying to, um, lock myself down in a full-time job because I wanted the freedom to go to auditions, to go to last yeah. minute jobs of modeling and stuff. So for the longest time, I'm so used to not having financial security. Yeah. But that's the life though. That right? is the life. I actually, I was thinking about it the other day. I love the fact that I didn't have anything to do until like midday. Yeah. I could sleep in if I wanted to. I can go for a walk and go mm. for a swim, go to the gym. You have so much freedom, but I've never been making as much money as I am now as well. So it's almost like it's worth taking that leap mm. because the reward is so much greater. Yeah. And it was the same thing for me. Like I loved acting. I loved my friends in there. There was certain things I didn't like. The pressure was one thing. I felt like 
I could deal with it. I didn't enjoy it. No, no one really in, enjoys it. Mm. But what I hated was the lack of control. Yeah. And that like, I always had to be the one asking for the job. Please hire me, That's sir. Right. Please do this. Yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. even if you do the best, half the time, it doesn't matter if you do the best, you might mm. look like the brother, the sister, the dad, the mom, the whatever. Yep. So changing, shifting there to a lot of people that I acted with, I feel like it looked like to them that I was giving up and like right. I couldn't see it through, but I knew in my mind, that's when I, I, I went into corporate, not to stay in corporate because that was when I know, Hey, pursuing, if you want to pursue being an actor professionally, like it's got to be a, a big, a big part of your life. You can't just yeah, knock yeah. around, go to one class a week, not really rehearse. Seriously. You're not going to make it. Yep. But I knew I wanted to get into business because I could control my life. And I knew too many, like I have friends, Logie award-winning actors in Australia that have been like big series regulars on some of the biggest TV shows. Yep. And then mid thirties, mid forties, whatever, they have to like clean a pub to, to get by. And it's just so much uncertainty and yeah. you're not in control. So it wasn't for me. Yep. yep. Um, if you're trying to get into acting as well for the money oh, and the fame, trust me, that's not a driving force. No, I, I heard you a quote. I think it was um, of Robin Williams. He said, uh, if you want to be an actor, if you can do anything else, do it. Yeah. Only be an actor if you have to be an actor. Yep. And I have so many friends that have to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you said, okay, I want to get into like, because I think it's really cool trying different things. Where did you realize that photography and content creation was another way that you could express your creativity? I was doing it as a hobby for a while. I was in the fitness industry for okay. like the past six years. And then I got over getting up at 5 a.m. Or f no, it was like 4 Were you PT for, for yeah, a Yeah, but I was doing a lot more group training. Okay, yeah. And so getting up at 4.15 to take the 5 a.m. class and where I was at a, at a job where you had to be the loudest person in the room All or the else time. you're not doing your job. And so I'm like yelling at people at 5 a.m. I'm half asleep. <laughs> like, I'm just like, this isn't for me as well either. I, I lost the passion. Yeah. The whole fitness thing is my bread and butter. I love it for yeah. me. Yeah. I don't want to be yelling at people. Yeah. And so I was like, I'd done, I, I done a couple of jobs for friends, made some cash by creating some content for them. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not bad at this. Yeah. I'm just going to give it a crack. Yeah. And I've been so blessed, man. Like jobs have been coming to me. I've barely had to go out and source anything for myself. And maybe having a little bit of a pro social media profile, having been on the show, yeah. like it helped me being established as, oh, there's Carlin. What's he doing now? He's yeah. like creating content. Let's hit him up. Yeah. So, it's And do you good. feel like you found your purpose now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It could change later on, later on down the track. But for me, I'm really excited about my jewelry. Yeah, like, native jewelry, right? Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, that's native. native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. that's in the works. Um, production's been made now, and it's probably a month month or two. How away. did, how did you like, where did you get the idea? Did you know I wanted to be jewelry or fashion? How did that? Um, I think, I, I don't know when it clicked. It was more of a thought at the mm -hmm. time, but it was really Emily that inspired me because she's launched her own jewelry range yep. called Dainty Jane. And <clears throat> excuse me, she was like selling her stuff. She was quite successful with it. And I thought it's possible. Yeah. I'm just going to have some water. Yeah. 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 Cool. It's, um, I've got a lot of friends that have started businesses and I find out if you're starting a business and you have no real interest in the product, you, it's, it's nine times out of 10. I think obviously we're the exception with happy skin Co. obviously I wasn't into laser hair removal before <laughs> oh, I wasn't interviewed. Yeah. Can't I, was, tell, uh, man. I was actually, you know, I was, I was one of the regular clients down at the laser <laughs> clinics. Um, but no, just long-term, if you want to be successful, building it around an actual interest or a passion, yep. I feel like it's so important. If you said, Hey, I'm going to do this hair curl, I'll be like, mm. 
yeah, maybe good luck. You could make months, like money for three months, six months, but long term, it's probably not going to be sustainable. Um, so when's that going to launch? What's the process like? You're in production. Have you done all your designs and everything? Yeah. So I made the designs myself. It's all in production now. It's about halfway. Yeah. So the rest of it's going to be done and shipped over. Um, from Bali. It's getting handmade in Bali. Okay, that's epic. It's awesome because I'm going down more of that line that it's mm -hmm. like every piece is going to be slightly unique because it cool. is handcrafted. Yeah. Um, also sustainable because, yeah. and, you know, environmentally more friendly because they're using um, recycled silver. Yeah. So I really wanted to go down that track. But um, I'm building the website myself. Yeah. I'm just like – I'm learning as I'm going as well. So it's just an awesome mm. life experience. Like I said, I'm always 100%. chasing new life experiences. You'll never learn. And there's so many, like, I feel like apart, and some people would say, no, you're so wrong. But I feel like apart from having like a kid, like starting a business and like building it to the point where you have a team is the biggest responsibility you can go under. Yeah. I had to learn so fast and I grew up so quickly. I like bet. we blew up so quick. I was like this 24 year old kid. I had a little bit of corporate, ex I worked in a gym for, for a few years and then yeah. I had a little bit of corporate experience, but I was never in management roles. I was never trained proper processes. So I had to learn so quickly. And the biggest thing I had to learn was like communication relating to different people. Mm. And I think uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier, I was a journey I've been on is like empathy. Yep. Like it, for me, it wasn't empathy as like, be kind to other people. I was never an, never an asshole, but just realizing that people are different mm. and have different perspectives for different yeah. reasons. Mm -hmm. And like, because of that, you may need to treat people differently or yeah. communicate to this person differently. I might be able to go, hey, Joe, um, we need to make this brief for the thing. Can you get it done? Yeah. And he might be like, yeah, sweet. He's like, needs minimal information and likes to go after it. But other people are like, hey, let's sit down and go for coffee. So there's this idea I have. Mm. What do you think? It's a skill set. It's it, such a skill like set. Like talking to different people is a skill set. Mm. You can't communicate with one person one yeah. way. And that comes back to training as well. Like how you train one person is not going to be the same for the other. 100%. Like yelling at this person, yeah. this person might not like that. So it really is a skill set. Learning that when it comes to business, obviously for me right now, I'm not there yet. Yeah, of course. But I know that's going to have to be something. For sure. But as you said, loving what you're creating yeah. and what you're selling is the most important thing. For me, I want to be able to do my photography for my for business. Yeah. I froth that idea yeah. that I'd be shooting lifestyle stuff yeah. for my own brand, but also Emily's. Yeah. That is like my goal, that we would both be working not together, together, but together on our businesses. Mm -hmm. And I'd be just shooting all the content. Yeah. That excites me so much. I want to, I want to change the pace a little bit because I want to know something. I know mental health is really important for you and for your life, for the makeup of who you are as a man. Mm. But how do, how do you as Carlin practice self-love? Well, as you know, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. So having that faith side, it has shaped me into the person that I am today. And I'd say that it's because I'm able to sub submit myself to a creator. Yeah, And I know that's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I know that people are on a completely different faith journey, spiritual journey, and everyone's on a journey of discovery. I don't have all the answers. I know you don't have all, no the one answers, has all the answers, but bro, if you've found something that truly makes you happy yeah. and brings you deep, fulfilling joy, like why, like if it's not broken, don't try yeah. and fix it. Right. Yeah. So for me, it comes to the point of, of knowing that I'm created and loved first, because I believe that if you can't fill your own cup from somewhere else, mm. how can you pour it out? Yeah. You know, I've seen the perfect example of like, you've got all these cups, right? And they've all got water in them. And let's just say one is family. The next one is career. The next one is hobbies. Yeah. And throughout the day, you're pouring out of all these cups. 
and then they're completely empty and your jug that has filled up all these cups is empty. It's like, where do you actually get that from? Mm. You know, how do you find that ability to love and to, and to pour out energy into all these other things? And I feel it comes from somewhere else. Mm. Because your faith, I feel like at one point with the media was kind of used against you a little bit, mm. wasn't it? How did that make yeah. you feel and how did you get through that? Was it just belief and connection with your community or? Yeah, community like? helps. Being in a community where there's like-minded people who have the same views as you, um, you know, and, and I, I don't, th- I don't want to be a, a cop out and, and say, you know, being in a community where everyone's just like patting you on the back mm. and, and telling you it's going to be okay and like feeding you sweet nothings. I mean, like I'm surrounded by people who have the same experience of faith as me and they're the happiest people you've ever met, yeah. you know, like they have this, this substance, this joy that comes from somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, you can't explain it. Did that cross over to, did that ever get weird at church? Like, did people bring that up to you at church or it was just like. About when Bachelorette. In, no, stuff. when like, you know how they tried to throw it in your face and all, you, you, you had all these unrealistic expectations of your faith and you're like, no, it's because of me as a human being. Like mm-hmm. people have values. Did that ever cross over and get messy or that was always just a safe place for you where you felt like you could be yourself and feel love without the yeah. judgment? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely say so. Um, do you mean like in a community, like that's where you can go? Or you mean within myself? No, I mean like actually where that place that you can go right. to get away from all that head noise because mm-hmm. all that shit's going on and like people are at, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have been attacked worse than you, but I, I can't imagine yeah. what it's like to constantly hear your name popping up in the media or yeah, yeah. getting that thrown around. I oh. know there were some articles around like you and your faith being the reason it didn't work with you and, you, you, you know, but. I just found that ridiculous personally as an outsider. And I'm not a Christian. And I said this to Brenton, I'm not a Christian, but like I have almost the same values. Like, you know how you said, I feel like I need to, it's that energy comes from somewhere else. I believe that as well. I feel so connected to the universe. Mm. Like before, when you were coming today, I was sitting down downstairs, just taking a moment to myself. And like, I realized far out, like this is probably exactly like how, how, because Brenton was telling me stories about how he prays. I'm like, I'm talking to the universe saying, Mm. I thank you for like, this opportunity and like, yeah. I feel so, like this is going to be so much fun. This is such a good thing that we're doing. Yeah. And I feel so connected to that thing. Mm. And that gives me my energy. That's how I yeah. can fill out my cup. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'd say like, um, morality is something that's mm. more inside the, um, philosophy spectrum where, you know, people love science because it's something you can examine and everything. And I get that. And I love science, but when yeah. it comes to like morality, when it comes to, those external things about how we tick as human beings are things that we long for. It's like, why do we like, how do we know between what's right and wrong and why should it matter if morality isn't an essence of us? But I believe we are spiritual beings. We do have a soul. We do have this, um, this other element to us of this deeper substance of of wanting true joy in life. Mm. And I can't explain that through science. And that's why I'm always like faith is such a big element of who we are. Um, and I'm not going to tell someone else, you know, if they're right or wrong, because at the end of the day, that's their own spiritual journey. But I've found truth through um, Christianity and not organized religion, but through faith in Mm. Jesus. Um, so yeah, I, that's something that I've always been able to fall back on. And I think when it comes to my anxiety, um, I don't have all the tools, Mm. but what I do have is, is the ability to submit what I'm dealing with to God, yeah. to a creator. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much power in being able to shift that and just be like, take it from me. Yeah. And there is actually true joy and peace, I believe, that comes from God mm. that 
doesn't come anywhere else from man or any other substance or anything like that. So that's beautiful, man. Um, I just have a couple more questions and then, then we can wrap this up. Yeah. But is your, you spoke about your brother before. Is it older brother, younger brother? Older. Older brother. Um, if your brother, let's say he's a little bit younger, say your brother comes to you, is your brother single or is he? He's married. With he's you, married. Yeah. Let's just say he's, 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 he's not, not married and he comes to you and he says, hey, Carlin, um, they just offered me to be on the next season of The Bachelorette. Yeah. What, what do you think? What would, you, what would your advice be? <laughs> having already been on it myself. Having you been through it yourself. Oh, I'd say don't do it <laughs> only because not bagging out the show. It's yeah. more of because the personality type that he is. Yeah. So much more introverted, mm. so much sweeter, yeah. softer. I'm like, just don't expose yourself to yeah. that. I feel like I've been through some shit, Yeah. but I only feel like I could go through that because I know I could deal with it. Yeah. For him, I just don't. Like he, he crumbled. He, I'm not sure if you watched it. <clears throat> Sorry. But he was on the show for a little bit. Okay, yeah. For, for an element. Yeah. And after the whole experience, he completely crumbled. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was like, that was too much. He's like, I want the camera crew out of my house. Like They came to his house yeah, as well? Yeah, because we shot there. Oh, you it do was like, like the hometowns yeah, and stuff, yeah. right? So that was, that was rough for him. There's a weird period in, in, in that show that I read about you that like when, they're, when, when she's out doing hometowns with all the other guys, didn't you have a week where you're by yourself? Yeah. Just you and your thoughts in the mansion? Yeah. What's going on through your head? Like it's for weird. a week, did it feel like a year? It felt like a lifetime because for one, you've been there with like 20 other dudes mm. and then all of a sudden they're all gone and it's just you and the house minder. And we had just so much downtime and yeah. it was already getting to a point where this place is so boring mm. and it's Do you hard. have your phone and stuff or it's no, all taken don't. off you away don't. from you? You don't have like any outside sources to the world. It's just you and your thoughts, and that's dangerous, especially for someone like me, mm. who on a good day and in such can an intense, ju- it's, it's such an intense journey that you're in the middle of as well. Seriously, yeah, and just thinking about that whole thing the whole time, and that's the thing is like, the experience is set up for you to completely romanticize about that other person twenty four seven. Yeah, it's like I'm supposed to be fighting for this person all the time, and it's like I've been on a couple of dates. It's yeah, tough. Oh, that's so, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't put myself through that. Actually, they, oh, I won't go into that. Um, and do you think if, if you, knowing what you know now, if you could go back, would you, would you do it all again? Would you still go on the show? Um, it was one of the coolest experiences that I've ever done. Yeah. And like, if anyone says like, what's one of the most exp- amazing experiences, I'd say it was Bachelorette. Yeah. You know, it's completely different to what I've ever done before. I learned a lot. Um, I wouldn't do it again now. Of course. Yeah. Would you do anything differently now? No. If you knew? No. Because you were yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. But obviously having been through the experience of what I know now about all the processes, I'd probably be a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. 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 And um, obviously everyone knows who you are already, but where can people find you and and, and your new jewelry brand, um, which is coming soon, just let everyone know. Yeah, sweet. Um, well, Carlin Sterrett on yeah, Instagram. That's uh, what everyone knows. Native Jewelry. That yeah. is the um, the jewelry brand. Sweet, man. And um, this has been an honor for me. I, I, I knew I didn't want to talk just about reality shit. I want to talk about the person and the growth yeah. because you've been on such a, a, a journey of personal growth and development. And I'm sure it hasn't always been easy, but I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and your experience because it can be helpful for so many other people. And yeah, there man. could even be a, a handful of people that will go on a reality show one day and hearing your thoughts behind that will will help them be better prepared for what's to come. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again. Appreciate appreciate it. it. Thanks, man. Cheers. (laughs) Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. 
All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.